Welcome back to Roto Grinders. Of course, this is the morning grind. Of course, I'm not Stevie. I'm Dean. I'm still filling in here for Stevie. Of course, Stevie is still knocking out his NASCAR content. If you guys want to hit that up, of course, uh, you know where to find it here on rotogrinders.com. Uh, I know previously we talked about some golf. We talked about some MMA. Today, we're going back to our DFS personality showcase. And I got to tell you, we're bringing somebody in who I don't know. I just learned of his existence. And part of that reason is because he, to my knowledge, is not on Twitter. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, new hire here at Rotor Grinders. Let's get to know Keith Eister. What's going on, Keith? Not much. How are you doing, Dean? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I have. Some, we'll talk about Twitter. And I, I'm. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go because I. I mean, I don't mean this to be an insulting. I, I know nothing about you. I'm going to learn about you with the, with the audience because. Uh, I like to do research. I like to prepare for these interviews. And a lot of times it's people that I know and I kind of like just kind of stories I can kind of needle out of them and, you know, get more details or I go on their Twitter and I'll find, you know, a variety of topics to kind of hit on. And I could not find your Twitter. Are you Twitter dark? Do you, have you never been, I think you just have one uh, as of this week. And I don't believe you've had, have you broke your Twitter cherry? Have you uh, tweeted just yet or no? So I, I have been on Twitter previously, but I've never <laughs> tweeted. <laughs> um, I, I had an account and um, I, I used it for informational purposes only. Obviously, in the in the DFS space, I, I follow everybody on Twitter, find tons of information on Twitter, uh, have never tweeted or been active on Twitter. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll talk about that sitting up on the table in a second, but let's tell the people, like, why are you working, working at Rotogrinders? Let's hit up your, your uh, current resume as of right now, your screen name is Eyes819. That's E-Y-S. I assume that's a play off your last name. Uh, your overall Roto Grinders ranking, you're currently 56th out of over 47,000 people. You're fourth in the middleweight ranking division. That's basically what your average buy-in happens to be. For this month, you are fourth out of over 3,000 people. You are crushing the NASCAR streets. You're crushing the MMA streets and the, the KBO as well, too. I was pulling up your RG. Uh, rankings and you know your, your recent activity uh, you're you're loving it all these fringe sports as far as I can tell you keep firing away at NASCAR and MMA and you're up uh, I don't know if you're up late if you're up early as far as KBO but I, I guess you're enjoying DFS right now just trying to get in as much action as I can um, obviously with the big sports down got to take what you can find uh, yeah I found a lot of success at KBO and NASCAR and MMA um, really enjoying it are you consider? do you consider yourself an expert in those sports or you're like you're using content no. you're using spreadsheets and you're just <laughs> like kind of like putting stuff together and building lineups that way i i i knew the kbo existed but i i had never <laughs> seen a game where i couldn't even have tell, told you a team name before this year uh nascar <laughs> i've actually been playing for for about three years uh follow stevie stuff all the time he, he's excellent so oh all my success to him um and mma i just found brett bb bomb uh, he's phenomenal and he's, he's really helped me as I've started to delve into it. Okay. You're on the Rotor Grinders brand, man. You're shout out all the RG guys. <laughs> Nobody prompted you to say that to my knowledge. <laughs> they, they did not. That's, that's the truth. That's, that's where I find my information. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you, are you staying up late with your KBO lineups or you're waking up early or you're kind of like, just like waking up for an hour and going back to sleep. How's that working as far as building lineups that, well, I guess I should ask, where, where are you at? Where are you currently located as far as uh, what time zone? Uh, currently in Norman, Oklahoma, so so Central Time Zone. Okay, so it's like four thirty in the morning, typically three thirty in the morning, typically four thirty. Yep. So how's yeah. this working so, out? How are we making our KBO lineups? I'm very much a night owl, so I just I just stay up and power through, um, <laughs> and then sometimes I stay up and sweat the games 
not usually. I mean, I'll watch the first couple innings and then usually taper off, but uh, it's, it's, it's nice to wake up to those screenshots sometimes around noon or whenever I, I crawl out of bed. I'm, I'm uh, scrolling through right now. What's your biggest KBO win? Have you taken one down just yet as far as a... I, I did take down the big DK, I believe it was the third day of the season. Yeah. Uh, that was a $25,000 win. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's the 444 uh, buy-in or that's like the standard like 12 or what? That was a standard 12. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, good times. And yeah, building, uh, building lineups, are, are you somebody that makes, uh, as far as your content or as far as how you attack a, a slate, so are you somebody that makes 150? Are you somebody that like makes five or 10? Can you hand build them that kind of thing or it depends upon the slate? Uh, it depends upon the slate with KBO. Um, I'm generally making around 50 lineups. Um, just not a big enough prize pool to go 150 for me. Um, so I, I, I generally taper it to the, to the prize pool. All right. So when I don't want to say real sports come back, that's kind of insulting to these other sports, but when like the, the main sports come back, do you, do you know what you're going to be focusing on from a content perspective? Uh, I, I believe that's still to, to be determined. Um, I've had the most success in MLB and NFL to date. Um, so I would consider those, those my two strongest sports. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully MLB comes back because, well, Hey, we're, we're recording this, uh, Monday afternoon and we're, I believe this is going to go up on Friday. So maybe sometime between Monday and Friday, you want to make a bold prediction is baseball going to be back by the time that people have this podcast. Oh man. It's, it's really <laughs> ridiculous that they haven't come to an agreement yet. Um, yeah. I don't know that I have a prediction on either side right now. It, it, it seems easy. Like they should just meet in the middle and, and let's play ball. Um, it seems like the, the players are at, at 114, at 114 games at full prorated. And the owners are, are at 50 at full prorated. So <laughs> let's just meet in the middle on that at full prorated and go play ball. I mean, uh, well, you know, easier said than done, I suppose. That's just how that works. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. But uh, scrolling through your RG profile, uh, well, let's let's ask this because I'm seeing like your biggest victories have been. It looks like in the last couple of years, like the last two seasons. Have you been? How long have you been playing DFS for? Uh, late 2016 was my my first delve into into it. Um, go ahead. Yeah, we're, is this uh, we, I'm trying. I'm trying to gauge how uh, how old you are. Oh, so people are hearing the podcast. You can be hearing it actually on the podcast feed. But we're actually throwing these up on YouTube as well. So, you know, if uh, if they were to guess, I'm gonna guess you're like I think you're young. I'm gonna say you're 25. Am I way off? You're off. 30. <laughs> Keep going. Am I getting warmer? <laughs> <laughs> you're warmer. Yeah, I'm th- I'm 34. <laughs> you're sneaky old like me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I was going to say, like, maybe you were dabbling in this in college or something like that, or grad school or something like that, but the, all right. Uh, 2016, you discovered uh, DFS from the commercials. What, what, what sort of, and I assume you came from, or you tell me, did you come from uh, the season-long world? Uh, yeah, I've played tons of season-long fantasy. Uh, I, it was the commercials. I think that was about 2015 when the when the big commercial thing. I'm like, that's, that looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I was in the middle of, of a – of a budding career at that point and, and really didn't have the time or know exactly what it was to uh, dive into it. Um, after the whole lawsuit thing, the shutdown, I started reading a lot of articles on, on what it was and, you know, just learning a lot about it. Um, and I was like, man, I, I, I think I really missed something here. I, I could have, could have done well in this. Um, and then, then it started to come back a little bit, uh, 
and I, as, as it did, I, I really paid attention to it and um, was like, okay, I'll, you know, we're going to give this a shot. Um, I, I read uh, Dueling with Kings, the book, and, and that's what really just sold me on, you know, this, this is absolutely something I would love. Uh, so in, in 2016, I, I started to dive in and, and just my volume has just increased progressively since there. Um, yeah. When you first hear about it, like you, you say, you're not really certain. Is this legal? Is this something that like people are just doing this? This is a fun idea, but I don't know. Like uh, what's, what's the catch? <laughs> it's like, nah, it's, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so 2016, you said in the middle of a budding career, what was your budding career? Uh, I was in hotels. Um, so I got into hotels. When I originally grew up in, in Illinois, Northern Illinois, um, about, hundred miles west of Chicago, um, attended Northern Illinois University. Um, and just, I started out as, as a front desk clerk at a hotel part-time while in college. Uh, as soon as I got out of college, you know, uh, career really took off. I was within, in management within six months, uh, ended up moving from, from Illinois down to Dallas, Texas to become a general manager of a hotel. Uh, one general manager of the year, with my company in Dallas and then uh, took a job in Norman, Oklahoma, where I'm, where I'm still at as um, an area manager for three different hotels. Um, okay. So you're, you're going to be doing both. You're, you, uh, you play DFS and now you're going to be doing content as far as DFS and you kept your job as far as working in hotels. Uh, is there like this strength? I, you have any strength? What are the, what kind of weird things you see in a hotel? <laughs> Give me like a wacky story so, or the random occurrences, maybe a strange request. What do you have for me? Oh man, hotel hotels is is crazy. I, I actually am in no, no longer in hotels, but okay, I apologize. That's all right. Um, as far as a crazy story, hmm. anything sort of come to mind? No, just I, no. I don't have anything really off the top. Um, <laughs> the day to day grind. Yeah. Oh, no worries. <laughs> you can't think of one. We're we're good. And now you're just full time DFS player. You're just doing something else. Yeah. So after I moved to Norman, um, I, I really was, you know, I was having success in hotels, but I wasn't passionate about it. Um, and, and I was really starting to find my footing in, in DFS. Um, so in about mid 2018, uh, that's, that's when I was starting to kind of move away from my hotel responsibilities and more in, into the DFS activities um, actually around the beginning of 2018, mid 2018 is when I, when I decided to uh, to kind of give that up and give the DFS thing a full-time go and uh, have been doing it since then full-time and have uh, found some good success here lately. When you meet somebody and they ask you what you do, what, what what's your answer? That's always a tough conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you start? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, most people have heard of DraftKings or FanDuel. Um, I don't think that most people realize that that, that it can be a career. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of I, I lead with that. Well, have you heard of DraftKings? Um, and then it's it's like, well, that that's what I do. And yeah. They're like, wait, wait, full time? Like they don't realize. <laughs> <laughs> so you gamble for a living? Yeah, like, basically. That's a response you get to. I've heard that one before as well. Um, so 2016, how much, were you just playing recreationally? You're just kind of having fun and just testing it out and seeing like what I, this is? And... 
you, yeah, you've ramped so up I, your volume since, obviously. Yeah, correct. Um, I didn't even play. I didn't play baseball in 16. Uh, so f- football of 16 and even the ha- the back half of football in 16 is really when I got started. So I was playing $100, $200 on the weekend. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just getting into it. Did you get crushed uh, or get lucky? Um, I was having pretty good success right off the bat. Um, I, I remember my first big hit for sure uh, was Christmas Eve. Uh, 2016, um, I had a, a very low owned, uh, Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson stack that went off and I took down a small tournament. Uh, I think it was about $10,000 win. Nice. Uh, and fr- from there I, w- I was hooked. I mean, I was like, okay, th- this is real. You can make real money doing this. <laughs> um, so then in 17, obviously I still had, had the full-time job, which, which was a pretty taxing job. I mean, uh, I was working probably 50 plus hours a week and, uh, still trying to do this on the side as, as baseball came in. I mean, baseball is probably my, my true passion, my true love. Uh, but a lot of times work would keep me past lock and all that. And it's just, so I'd, I'd be sitting there on my phone trying to update my lineup at, at 6 PM before I leave the office for the day. And it's just like, I could be doing so much better if I was from three to four, I could be researching what I want to do. And then when lineups come out, you know, I, I'm there and I can make my updates and, and, you know, I th- I feel like I could have a lot more success doing this if I was, was not sitting here at this job that I, that I really don't care much about. People are calling, they're asking for towels and you're like, give me a minute. Anthony Davis is a scratch. <laughs> Leave me alone. I got, I got to make my lineups. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Don't you understand how important this is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but th- that's, I mean, no matter how much money you're making and it sounds like you're, you were doing well, you had a great, you know, general manager, I believe you said, uh, if you didn't have the passion to do it, like, you know, it's not worth it. That, that was basically the way you looked at it. And obviously you have passion for DFS and that, that's probably a tough life choice to make uh, valuing uh, just, you know, enjoyment of life uh, versus uh, money and that kind of thing. But, you know, I, it doesn't sound like you have any regrets at least. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a difficult decision. Um, as, as you said, just the financial stability was there. And at that point in my DFS career, I mean, I, I was making money every year, but, but yeah, definitely not what I was, was making in my hotel career. Um, so yeah, it was, it was absolutely a tough decision, but, um, I figured, you know, this is, this is the time to do it. If I'm going to try it, the, the good thing about hotels is once you know the business and once you're in the business, you have so many contacts and a great network, I, you can go back. So I knew that if I took a break and, and it wasn't going to work out that, that I would be able to go back and, and manage another hotel. Um, but yeah, just decided to make the to take the risk and uh, to really dive in and uh, definitely definitely don't feel like I'm going to look back or and and I definitely don't have any regrets at this point. Did family members try to talk you out of it? Because like, hey, what about stability, man? Or friends? Yeah, I, at, at first I would say definitely. Um, you know, they they understood how how much I I was passionate about sports, and I mean, ever since I was a little kid, that's all I've been into, uh, and it's been just it's been what I'm all about for as long as they've known me. And um, so they understood why, why I thought it might be a good idea or why, why I was interested in doing it. But yeah, definitely, definite reservations about, you know, what if it doesn't work out or what if you lose money? Like, how are you going to survive? How are you going to live, <laughs> <laughs> pay the bills, you know? So yeah, there, there were those concerns, but keep the basement available just in case if things go. That's right. Direction. Yeah. So tell me this, you know, how uh, you're in the hotel business, you're in the hotel business, and you probably know it, you know, from the back. How do I get an upgrade? Like, what's the best way to go about if I'm checking a new hotel, 
uh, give me a tip on how like to get like an upgrade, upgraded to the suite, uh, get a jacuzzi, get a nice view. Well, what's the move? Well, if you have status, that helps. So, <laughs> so if you're an elite rewards member, you're you're gonna get that request honored more than than if you're just some Joe off the street. What if I'm some Joe off the street? Do I have any shot? Just just ask. Yeah, I mean, if it's available, a lot of times that that I mean, so the the suites and things like that are often used as comp upgrades much more than they're sold at, at retail price. So yeah, just ask it. All they can do is say no. Yeah. Worst case scenario. And is it insulting to offer money? Is that encouraged? Uh, <laughs> I know in Vegas, that's like, so I guess it depends upon where you're at, I suppose. Right. But the- yeah. So uh, in the Dallas market or the Norman Oklahoma market, that's, that's really not something I encountered. I, I was also in a, a more limited service hotel. So okay. our, our suites, they didn't have jacuzzis or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm, I, I grew up in like Courtyard Marriott. Um, I, I worked for Hyatt Place Hotels for a long time. So so smaller smaller hotels that our suites aren't aren't really that much. It's not like a penthouse suite or anything like that. I'll be traveling later in this week. I'm just looking for tips. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just this is my own selfish reasons for asking that question. I'm sure somebody can take it, get something out of it as well. Uh, so you had that one hit with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. I guess you had several more before you finally said. Uh, hey, uh, this is going to be my life going forward. Uh, what, did you have a big hit and like a, take us through that sweat, like a, even bigger than the 10K? Uh, yeah, se- I mean, 17, I was basically just playing on the side still, trying to learn as much as I could about the industry. Um, even even in 18, I can't recall anything much more significant than, than 10K. Um the beginning of 18 anyway. Yeah. Uh, I took down a couple baseball tournaments in the summer of 18, um, 20, $30,000 hits probably can't, I don't, I don't remember anything specific around the sweat or anything like that. <laughs> you were busy working probably or maybe, well, maybe not 18 so much, but yeah, I, I had just quit. So just, just getting started in it. But um, yeah, the, the first, I'm trying to think when this was, this, this would have been uh football last year. Uh, very for week one. Uh, I took a absolute horrible beat. Uh, it was the Monday night slate the of week one. So two game slate. That's right. And, uh, it was Oakland and Denver. And I can't remember who the other team was, yeah. but obviously a much higher Vegas projection, a much higher total. Um, but I was heavy on Oakland and um, Jacobs was a lot of people felt like he was overhyped and he wasn't going to do anything. And Denver obviously has a great defense. I believe the game was in Denver and playing in Denver early in the year is, is never looked got good upon. I had a very low owned Oakland stack. Um, it was Carr, uh, Carr uh, Jacobs, and I believe Waller. I didn't have Tyrell Williams. Um, and then I, I can't even remember who the, the other game was at this point. Um, Somewhere on the East Coast, the uh, East Coast, I would assume, but yeah, yeah. I don't recall. Uh, anyway, Oakland was was winning the game and, and doing so handily. And um, I was up at the top, uh, was leading for pretty much since the, the Oakland-Denver game was the second game of the night, obviously, being on the West Coast. Uh, was in first place from pretty much halftime of that game. And Oakland was up pretty big. Uh, and I'm winning the 
I think it was a $15 tournament or whatever uh, for 250K up top from from halftime through fourth quarter. And it's getting later. I'm like, all right, this, like we're, we're getting there. The sweat starts to build. Um, are you are you looking at your phone? Are you somebody who looks at like the, at all times currently winning? Are you oh, for NFL? I, yeah, app for NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sweating it constantly. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, I had Cortland Sutton on the other side of that Oakland stack. And he scores a very late fourth quarter touchdown. And I'm like, okay, this, you know, it's on ice. I think I have a four point lead at this point. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're kicking the ball back to Oakland. I have Jacobs. We're going to run out the clock. There's like a, a minute, 30 seconds left or something like that. Denver does have all three timeouts. Uh, but I'm like, all right, three handoffs to Jacobs, punt it away. We're good. <laughs> uh, I get the first two handoffs. He doesn't get anything. It's third down. I'm like, all right, probably going to hand it off to Jake. It was, it was third and four. So like it, it wasn't a very long third down. I'm like, all right, just hand it off and punt it, you know, and then Denver can try to do what they will with the last 40 seconds or whatever. And um, on third down, they decided to go play action pass or no, it was a screen pass. Actually, it was a screen pass to Tyrell Williams. Uh wide receiver screen on on third and three and he he picks up the fourth down or the first down uh gains four yards and in the process crosses the 100 yard bonus uh (laughs) yeah so he gets the point for the reception three for the bonus and then he gained like six yards so So what did you tumble to from 250 to what from 250 to 40k yeah which is like really good still but yeah yeah (laughs) you're still a little bitter about it it's weird yeah. to feel angry about winning 40K. Like, Absolutely. You know, that, an and I mean, I'm, t- I'm texting my brother. I'm like, uh, I just won 40K, but I should have won 250. So, yeah, <laughs> it was it, w- it was brutal. Yeah, it's it's an odd set of emotions. And, like, you know, world's smallest violin is playing for you for winning 40K. But, you know, you, you sim it out 100 times and that last drive and yada, yada, yada. But, uh, hey, you're on your way. Uh, how, how do you build lineups? So are you more of a contrarian guy? Are you more of a, a chalky guy? Uh, do you find yourself uh, leaning one way or the other, or it depends upon what games are being played? Yeah, I think I tend to just from a, like a personality standpoint, I tend to lean more chalky. Like I, I stand behind the math and I'm like, you know, this, this is too good of a play not to play. Uh, since I've been able to kind of step out from behind that, that's, that's when I've had more GPP success, obviously. Um, but yeah, just from an overall, like, mindset standpoint I tend to be probably more chalky than I should be and it's something that that really in the last year or two I, I've learned that you know to, to just get away from what you think is the best play sometimes and and really just step out on a ledge and say you know this could happen and and you know put a percentage on that and then whatever you think that percentage is well that's that's what percentage of my lineups I want with that that stack or that that player after winning something like 40K, do you have some kind of extravagant purchase or you're thinking just sort of like uh, long-term and you're not splurging in anything necessarily? Um, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, it, it was, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do this for a living as a main source of income. So that, that was kind of like, I'm, I need to try to, you know, make my salary what I made last year. So let, <laughs> let's put that, put that away for the side, for, on the side and, and see what, what else we can do. Uh, fortunately later in that football season, I, I did end up with probably, I think it's my biggest hit. Yeah, definitely my biggest hit, uh, of the what year. What was that? Tell in, me that. Uh, week five, 
Um, it was the week that the, the Blitz Optimal absolutely went nuts. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I finished like, I threw the Optimal in, in the Millimaker. I think it finished like 24th or something like that in the Millimaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did have a different lineup that ended up winning the slant uh, that day, the $9 slant. Uh, I believe it was for 100K. Uh, it was everybody on the world was on Watson and Fuller, I believe. And they went absolutely bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a Dak to Amari stack that got there very late. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers, or not not Rodgers, uh, Aaron Jones uh, was the other side of that. He had four TDs. So, uh, yeah, Dak to Amari with Jones on the other side uh, with four touchdowns. So, A uh, piece of advice you'd give like 2020 you would tell 2016 you as far as like DFS in general. Something like you would love to know six years ago. Well, it's bad math. Four years oh, ago. <laughs> um, like maybe something goofy you were doing that like you figured out like, hey, this is a terrible strategy. Uh, stacking. I mean, I, I, that's how new. I mean, just you have to correlate your lineups. 100% correlation is the way that will get you to the top of a tournament. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, just the way it's set up, uh, the, way, the way the scoring system set up and Specific to football, specific to the baseball, not necessarily so much in basketball. Sometimes if the game goes to overtime, then it's good times. But I don't know. At least that's my perception. I don't think you have to stack in basketball. Do you? Like it helps. No, no. But yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely don't. Uh, You said you grew up 100 miles uh, outside of Illinois, I believe. Are you a Chicago fan? Uh, Like generally or what? But what are your teams? Outside of Chicago. So mid Midwest, Northern Illinois. Um. Yeah, definitely. Huge Cubs fan, huge Bears fan, Bulls fan. Absolutely. Is that what I'm seeing? I'm wearing, I see a hat with a C on it. Is that the Cubs or the Bears? What am I looking at? Yeah, that's a, that's a Cubs hat. There you go. <laughs> uh, take <laughs> me to your favorite uh, your favorite live uh, live moment. Watching, I assume you go to the game sometimes. Uh, favorite thing to watch course, live? Yeah. Any memory kind of stick, stick in your head? Um, yeah, actually it was at Bush Stadium. Um, it was a Grand Slam very late in the game and the Cubs fans were rocking Bush. <laughs> um, I believe it was Michael Barrett that hit the home run. So this was probably oh, 2000, wow. 2006, 2007. The story, Michael Barrett for sure. <laughs> yeah. Can you confirm, by the way, you've been to Bush stadium and of course uh, the Cubs and the Cardinals, big rivals. Can you confirm that those are in fact the greatest fans in the world in St. Louis? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing them live and in person, like watch, what do they do? It's so uh, great. Yeah. I, I didn't see what was so great about them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Were they welcoming you? Were you wearing Cubs garb? Uh, of course. Yeah. Ducked out yeah. to the nines and Cubs, but uh, um, yeah, they're, they're not, you know, violent or, or mean or anything like that, but yeah. Best fans. No. It's just funny. <laughs> that they, it's a weird thing to like, but they claim that. Like, yeah, they just but, claim to be the best friends in the world. I, I don't know who's like a uh, who's who's calling BS on it, but it's a sort of a it's a it's a weird thing to claim, and they they kind of latch on to. So you've been to Wrigley, I assume, right? Yeah, hundreds of times. Yeah. Oh, where do you, where's the place? You got to sit in the bleachers. Is that, is that the spot to go? Um, yeah, I would say for if you're going one time, that's where I would say yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it, it's it's a different atmosphere than I anywhere I've been in sports. Um, it's it's just a, a ton of fun. Um, 
how, for how the do you more serious. You're supposed to go like uh, was it Wrigleyville and like Kerry Carries uh, that it's right around the stadium. You got to hit those places before the game. Like I'm only going there one time. What's the plan? What do I do? Yeah, I would I would definitely go early. I mean, you you have to be around the stadium and, and absorbing the whole neighborhood. It's it's just an incredible experience. Um, you know, I would I would start on Clark Street and just go up and down Clark Street to kind of pregame a little bit. Um, right before you go in the game, if you're sitting in the bleachers, Murphy's out out in the bleachers is a great spot to hit up before the game. Um, but yeah, def- definitely do the whole neighborhood scene before the game because it, it, there's nothing else like it in sports. Your favorite Cub of all time? Favorite Cub of all time. Is that too hard? That's that's hard. Um, give me like the power. I, give me I, the family feed board. Uh, Kerry Wood is up there for sure, just because of what he did in 98 with the 20 strikeouts. I mean, he, he gave us hope for the first time in a long time. Um, going back a little further, like my, my younger days, it was probably Mark Grace. Mm. Um, I was also a Girardi fan back in those days, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was as, a catcher as for the, the catcher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's on the board. Um, but, but Wood, Wood and Grace would be up there. Um, Pryor was there, an unfortunate turn of events in that career. Is Dusty Baker on the board or you don't, you're, you're mad at Dusty Baker? Yeah. Not, not a, not a huge Dusty fan. Oh, fans hate Dusty Baker. You guys blame him <laughs> so much. Uh, yeah. who, who do you dislike more, Dusty Baker or Bartman? Uh, Dusty. Do you forget Bartman? I, yeah, I mean, I, I just I put myself in that situation. Uh, I, I don't know that in that moment, probably a couple beverages deep, that I would have had the the awareness to pull my hands in so Moises could try to make a leaping catch over the foul left field wall. Like, yeah, I, I don't blame Bartman. Yeah, but it's pretty silly. Talk, talk about crushing defeats. Yeah, 03 was uh, not, not a high time. Yeah, I don't mean a victory lap, but the Marlins fan here. I was a one-time Marlins fan. I've since, I've since uh, disowned them. We're no longer going out. <laughs> it's an ugly breakup. But at the time, I was a big uh, Marlins fan. So, uh, you know, uh, that, that was a, a lot of fun. And that was even game seven. That was game six, wasn't it? I believe it was game six. It was, it was game six. <clears throat> and your boy, Kerry Wood, it threw an homer, I believe, we, was in game seven. I remember correctly. He did, and I, I thought we were still okay. And it didn't turn <laughs> out to be so. <laughs> well, you guys got there eventually soon enough. Uh, against the oh man, who'd you guys beat in the World Series? It's totally Cleveland. There you go. All right, we have that in common too. Is Mar- the Marlins beat Cleveland '97? Good times for sure. Um, other, how about the Bulls? I mean, I'm assuming Jordan's your guy. You probably that's the perfect yeah. age. He's your wheelhouse guy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can't grow up near Chicago in the '90s and and not know, live and breathe Jordan. <laughs> Did you go so, check yeah. out any yeah. games? You get a chance to watch them play when you're younger. Um, when I was younger, not not a lot. I believe I went once or twice. Never sat very close or had great seats or anything. The current Bulls are we are we excited about this regime? <laughs> I, I'm not a huge NBA fan. Okay, um, I do I, I follow them a little bit, but uh, I think it, it was way past time for a front office change. So excited about what they're doing there, but. Yeah, just haven't been, haven't even really followed it closely since, since probably the Rose days. What's the nicest thing you could say about Mitch Trubisky? <sighs> <laughs> that, that, you know, 
I guess there's hope. Uh, the pop, the 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 pedigree, the the measurables, all that is there. He can uh-huh. move. He's got an arm. Uh, I I hope he figures it out. Uh, he's got us in an awkward position now that we've declined the option. Um, so I think he's got about two three games to figure it out, and then it's going to be the full shows from there if if it doesn't happen. Yeah, you uh you don't sound bullish. You sound more bearish. If I'm hearing you correctly. I have I have hope, so um, I, I would like to see him figure it out. Obviously, with the capital that we've invested in in him, uh, number two overall pick after moving up in the draft. Uh, for for the front office, that they're I think they're really hoping that he figures it out too. So maybe the, maybe the leash is longer than two or three games, but just from from what's being said around the media and all of that, it doesn't sound like. I mean, a lot of people are saying that Foles is going to start from the get-go. I, I don't see that happening just because of of the capital that they have invested in Trubisky. They really want it to work out. Yeah, I, I think so. And, uh, you know, like you said, the pedigree as well, too. And Foles, you know, I don't want to say he's a one-hit wonder or a three-hit wonder, however you want to phrase it. But, I mean, I, he basically hit I, – I think he already hit his upside, you know. Yeah. Perfectly fine backup, I suppose. You said you're in Oklahoma now? I am, yep. What's it like living in Oklahoma? I don't think I've, well, I've driven through. Uh, I've never really been. Well, I'm, I'm in Norman where the University of Oklahoma is. So oh. uh, I've, I've been treated to some great quarterback play here in the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I got to go see uh, Baker and uh, Kyler Murray play. I, I did not make a Hertz game last year, but, but uh, definitely saw those two up-and-comers. What's it like tailgating before a game in Oklahoma? I'm assuming you're tailgating? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's typical. I, I wouldn't say it's, um, you know, a, a top level experience to, to some of the other. I mean, I've been to to Notre Dame um, and University of Texas games. I, I would put those probably slightly higher, but uh, it's a good scene. Are you rooting for Notre Dame or it's like a neutral site? You just want to go check out the game because it's Notre Dame or what, what brings you there? Yeah, I mean, just just close to where I grew up. It was actually uh, uh, my first boss uh, had season tickets to Notre Dame and invited me out for a weekend. So that was, that was a good time. Yeah, that works out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, a couple of your favorites thing we talk about. Your, how about your favorite? Uh, well, I guess your favorite cubby. Is your favorite cubby your favorite athlete as well? Do you have one? Um, yeah, I mean, current favorite ab- athlete, uh, probably Javi Baez or Chris Bryant. Yeah. Um, huge Bears fan too, so. I, I really want Trubisky to get there, but like you said, I'm a little <laughs> bit bearish. Um, a big, big fan of the defense, obviously loving what, what Mac and the boys do. Um, I think they made some nice upgrades. The pass rush should be insane with the addition of, of Quinn this year. Um, so uh, definitely looking forward to the Bears defense and what they can do. Um, as far as athletes outside of who I have a, like a, a rooting interest in whoever made you money in DFS that night. That's ex- exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I know some guys when they have a big hit, they like to buy the Jersey of the guy that's like his, uh, you know, whoever crushed that evening for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, it's, I have no loyalties either like for the most part. Like whoever hooks me up that night, you're my guy. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that, how that works. Uh, favorite movie. Um, not a huge movie guy. I mean, I, I watch movies obviously, but I don't, I'm not a, like a passionate fan or anything. Um, you got a TV show. Pref- 
Yeah, no. I, I mean, when my TV's on, it's it's sports usually. Okay. Uh, if I ha- I mean, like, huge into like Dark Knight was a great movie. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, just the performance from Heath Ledger was was incredible. Um, like a comedy, like Wedding Crashers uh, or Old School, I would say would all right kind That's of be a, my lane. Fun, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty solid. That'll resonate with the people for sure. Uh, what else do I have here as far as my lists and your favorites? Uh, wait, in Oklahoma, you, you, you barbecue a lot, right? Isn't that a thing? Like um, yes. No, uh, I live in an apartment, so it's, it's tough to uh, to get out and do a lot of that. But uh, Have you been able yeah, to get out that, much that, in Oklahoma? I mean, I'm, I'm everything state by state. What are they doing right now as far as the regulations? Can you wander out uh, much? Yeah, I mean, it, you're pretty free to do whatever. Now, uh, restaurants are still closed and things like that, but... I would say uh, in perspective of like the country, Oklahoma didn't, didn't have it too bad and uh, really see things opening up pretty soon. All right. Uh, I'm going to have you say, I would have you tell the people what your Twitter account is, your new Twitter account, because <laughs> I don't know how many followers you have. I think, again, we're pretty sure you're at zero tweets, which I, which I enjoy. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll become a follower. I'll follow you in a second. But uh, Thanks, yeah, tell Steve. the people, <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> T- tell the people what your Twitter account is, and again, reiterate: uh, you'll be doing content here for RG. We're not exactly sure what uh, if it's going to be written, if it's going to be video, if it's going to be audio. But uh, you're on the RG team, if nothing else. Uh, and anything else you want to tell the people, feel free to get it out there and uh, tell the world. And the, you know, uh, this is your big welcome party. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you can follow me at Ice Eight One Nine DFS. EYS 819 DFS. Um, yeah, like I said, have never been active on Twitter. Um, I did have an account previously where I followed everybody just for information and all that. But uh, with this new step, I, I figured I'd, I, I mean, I literally have never sent a tweet. So that, that's not <laughs> incorrect, even with the old account. Do you feel the pressure to make it good? Or it's just, hello, hi, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'll, I can, it'll still be primarily for information. Uh, uh, but yeah, just just decided to to create something new and, and start over with this this new step with rotor grinders and you know didn't have much of a following anyway before this so let's start fresh. <laughs> We're getting played off by a lawnmower or something in the background. I'm not sure if that's on my end or your end. Not, can you hear a lawnmower of some sort? I, I, yeah, I think they're doing some yard work outside. That's yeah, telling us <laughs> we got to wrap up. I believe <laughs> Keith. Uh, that's Keith Eister. I much appreciate your time again. Welcome the rotor grinders. Look forward to your content here. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening in the morning grind. That was Keith. I was Dean. We're out of here. Holler!